Welcome back to the program. Today it seems that every piece of evidence supports a kinder, gentler approach to parenting and more cooperative workplace and a stress-free education that supports deeper learning. The tiger mom, the tiger teacher, and the excessively tough boss seem to be interesting, but at best outliers. But are we missing something? Does it have to be a zero-sum game? Can the tough taskmaster, the dispenser of tough love, teach us something about persistence, character, and resiliency that will serve us well later in life? My guest, Joanne Lippman, thinks so. Joanne Lippman was the editor-in-chief of Portfolio Magazine. She was the deputy managing editor of the Wall Street Journal, and she's the co-author of a new book entitled Strings Attached, One Tough Teacher and the Gift of Great Expectations. Joanne Lippman, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Great to have you here. First of all, tell us about how you came back to this story of Mr. K by going to this memorial service for him and finding that this tough taskmaster, this tough teacher at the time that you thought everyone probably didn't really like, had all of these fans all over the country. That's right. So the genesis of Strings Attached was um, Strings Attached, the book, actually tells the story of this tough teacher but as you said, it really is a book that's about all of us, right? It's about that mentor who, if we're lucky, we all have in our past somewhere in our lives. And and the genesis for me was a couple of years ago um, when uh, I heard through the grapevine that my childhood music teacher had passed away. And it struck me like that proverbial ton of bricks that this is the guy who really changed my life. Even though I hadn't been in touch with him for many years, I'd stopped playing the viola, which is the instrument he taught me. I'd, I'd stopped playing decades ago. And yet I realized this guy had a huge impact on my life in terms of lessons, not in music, but in terms of things like focus and perseverance and motivation and confidence and, of course, a passion for music as well that he instilled in us. And so I went back for there was going to be a memorial concert for him in our hometown, and I said, I have to be a part of it, even though I no longer played the instrument. But I, I dug out my old viola. I went back to my hometown um, thinking, you know, maybe this was just me. And I walked in for this rehearsal before the memorial concert, and I see 40 years worth of former students have flown in from around the country with their old instruments in tow. Some of them had gone on to, to become professional musicians, including his daughter, my co-author, Melanie, who's a violinist with the Chicago Symphony. Most of them, though, were people like me. They were, you know, people who had gone on to a really great variety of interesting careers, doctors, lawyers, professors. Um, but they, too, realized that this guy made all the difference in their lives. And as you started talking to them and you began to understand ways in which he made a difference, talk about the common themes that emerged in terms of the impact that he had on you and others. Right. So I talked to so many former students as we were writing Strings Attached to find out what was it about this one teacher. And the thing is, he was the toughest teacher we ever had. He wasn't the guy who was, you know, patting you on the head and cooing about how brilliant and talented you are. In fact, this is a man who I never heard use the word talent. Um, he, I don't think he believed there was any such thing as an untalented student. He, just a student who could work a little harder and learn to focus more and be disciplined and then improve. And um, he was also a guy who didn't offer, you know, that empty praise. You know, we live in this kind of trophies for everyone <laughs> society. 
Um, and there's this great fear of correcting kids for fear that it will hurt their self-esteem. So he was not at all like that. <laughs> he was the guy, his highest praise ever was not bad. And if you got a not bad, you were like dancing down the street. You were on air. You went home. You practiced twice as long as you did the day before because you know you earned it. And um, and I talked to so many former students about his methods, which really kind of fly in the face of everything we think we know about education today. And the former students all said, you know what, he those kinds of methods, that honest feedback, that um, it really – taught us perseverance, it taught us motivation, it made us, and it, it actually helped our self-esteem, it made us more self-confident. Um, and I think the bottom line is because what it really showed was optimism. It really showed this, Mr. K had this unshakable faith in our ability to improve, to do better. And there's something that is truly intoxicating to, for someone who believes in you so much and makes you believe in yourself. Did you find that it had a negative effect on anyone? That in fact there are some, there, there might have been some that, that would have stayed with music, stayed with their instrument, had it not been for feeling scarred in a way by him having been so tough? Well, you know, we looked into this with strings attachments. Clearly, there, many, you know, so there are some of his methods that you couldn't do today, right? Without question. Like, you know, he was, he was the guy who, I mean, we laugh at this in retrospect, but you couldn't get away with it today. He's the guy who, he conducted the orchestra, and he was this very fierce Ukrainian immigrant, you know, pre-World War II upbringing, uh, very old school. And, and if he heard a wrong note, he would stop the whole orchestra, and he would say things like, who is deaf? in first violin, or who is idiot who play a wrong note. Um, clearly, you can't do that any longer. <laughs> um, but, you know, for the, for the most part, um, I think there was a great kind of esprit de corps within the musicians. I think he had a much lower dropout rate than um, some other teachers. Clearly, you have to adjust, right, for, for your different students. But one of the things that Mr. K had, in addition to being, to, to being very demanding and having these high standards, he had a huge heart, and he had a really great sense of humor. And one of the things that he did, for example, was he, he would take us all the time to perform at nursing homes and hospitals. And before we went to play, every time he would say, you know, you're going to play, and then you are going to circulate among the patients. And, and he would say, and you will like it. <laughs> <laughs> and what, what the message was, was, you know, it was very much a sense of public service that um, he understood he had a great deal of empathy uh, for the patients. And, in fact, um, at one of the places, his wife was a patient. She was, um, as it turned out, she had MS. She was um, really quite ill and, and uh, in a wheelchair for, for her, my co-author, Melanie, is uh, Mr. K's daughter, and, mm -hmm. and, and her mom was in, in either hospitalized or in a wheelchair for, for Melanie's whole life. So, um, you know, he had this great empathy, and, uh, and he also had this great, enormous gratitude to this country because he had this horrendous childhood that he never talked about that we did quite a bit of research on to reconstruct back in Ukraine uh, during World War II, you know, running, fleeing, basically. He spent his entire childhood fleeing um, from the Nazis, the Poles, the communists. Everybody was invading his little corner of uh, where his little village was. And, uh, and desperately trying while he was fleeing to get an education. So he didn't get here in the United States until, as it turned out, we found with all this research, 
uh, and translators and tracking down his childhood friends. He didn't get here in the United States till he was 19, and at that point, he didn't speak a word of English, nor had he ever had the opportunity, though he had desperately wanted, to take music lessons. He didn't even know how to read music. So all of this came, he had such gratitude to the United States for giving him the opportunity to learn English, to learn music, and then to fulfill his dream, which was to become a teacher. Um, and I, he really passed that along to the students, and I think they felt that as well. And how much of that is is a big part of this story, the depth and passion of him as an individual, that it was in part the teaching methods and him being a tough taskmaster and the tough love that we've talked about, but it was also coming through that the passion of coming from a place of, of someone that really cared and that really had empathy for people. That's right, and I think that that is just import, just as important. And I, I you know, the the bottom line is he had these very high expectations of his students, and he, he also had this this real sense of empathy, a real sense of service, and all of those things were communicated to us. And and you know, I think at the time you don't necessarily. Appreciate it. I think one of the one of the interesting things we found with Strings Attached, it, it came out last month, so it's only been out you know a few mm-hmm. weeks at this point, and yet the people who are reading it, we we're hearing a ton from teachers, of course, um, but people who it reminds them of someone in their own life who perhaps they didn't appreciate, and and we hear a lot, and this is kind of my favorite kind of comment from readers is you know someone who says, and he had a very poignant, very hit so many tragedies in his own life, and. So it's a very inspiring but poignant story. Um, and we hear from so many people who say, I finished the last page of the book with tears running down my cheek, closed the book, picked up the phone, and called my third grade teacher, or you know, called my soccer coach from when I was a kid. And, and it, it does really give you that kind of, the strings attached really is kind of a big you know, gift of gratitude to those people in our lives who have, who have changed us for the better. And, uh, you know, sometimes we forget as as we grow up. And it's nice to kind of be reminded of who that person is. And do we make the mistake of looking at it, though, just in terms of, of his toughness as a teacher? Because part of it is, as you've been talking about, the full package. That, yes, he was tough as a teacher, but he was also powerful as a mentor. And his own pain and his own experience really was, was very much a part of who he was and how he taught. Yes, and I think, you know what, it's interesting that that's a great point, and, I, and it really comes through because if you focus just on the tough methods, that, that alone is not it. There is this kind of, you know, great expectation and great um, optimism about the students, but there are all these other qualities as well that really come through, and I think that's a really important, um, really important point in the book. And, you know, one of the things, when, when Strings Attached first came out, we expected a lot of pushback about the tough methods. And to our great surprise, the 99.99% of the feedback has been, you know, hallelujah, amen. We need a little bit more tough love. But the tough love, you know, think about that. It's tough, yes, but it's also love. It's not, this is not kind of mean for, for you know, the sake of, of being nasty. This is, you know, this is someone who, who is the full package, who who has high expectations and is demanding but in but demanding because he has so much faith in his students and in their ability to achieve who also has all these other qualities of empathy and gratitude and um 
And, and that's what all the students have spoken about. I mean, we really, we talked to so many students, former students, um, uh, four strings attached, and, um, and we heard a lot of common themes. People talked about how he gave them, you know, the sense of motivation and perseverance um, and, and self-confidence uh, to achieve in whatever field they would go on to, whatever they chose. The other thing that he taught is that it was, not that it was okay, but that failure is an option. That it doesn't have to be perfect, but you just have to use that as a reason to keep working to make it better. And that may be one of the most important lessons from Strings Attached, and one that we probably have heard, that's probably the thing that we have heard the most feedback on is that one point, which is, so Mr. K um, would have us audition again and again and again, and sometimes we succeeded, sometimes we did not, um, but he was always focused on the effort as opposed to on the, you know, what, the, what number were you, um, you know, how your placement, and it was all about kind of how do you improve and make yourself better, and one of his students, um, and she says this in the book, she went on to great professional success as a, as a cellist, and um, she told us that that uh, one of the great things that, that he did, one of the great lessons in her whole life, um, was that he taught us how to fail and then how to pick ourselves back up again. And I think that's so important in life because at this point where we are now, you know, there's, there's this fear that, you know, a, a lot of parents, a lot of teachers feel like you can't let the kid fail. But if they, if they don't learn how to navigate kind of setbacks on their own, you know, it, then they, that's a lesson they need for life. That's not just a lesson you need in school or on the soccer field. That is a lesson you need um, as you grow up for life. And talk a little bit about what the experience was like for his daughter growing up with him and dealing with this approach all the time. Yeah, so my co-author is Melanie Kupczynski, who's Mr. K's daughter. Uh, she was a child prodigy violinist. And, um, in fact, we grew up together playing in a string quartet. Um, you know, I, I was not a child prodigy, but Mr. K, um, true to his kind of philosophy, when I, you know, Melanie and I are the same age, and when I was uh, 10, 11, and, and just starting out, and he saw that I had determination and grit, um, he put me in a string quartet with Melanie and her younger sister, Stephanie, both of them child prodigy violin players. Uh, and we kind of toured all over the place. We played together all the way until college, till, uh, till we finished high school. And, uh, so she grew up with this, you know, she started violin lessons. He put a violin into her hands at the age of four. Um, and she talks about, uh, we, we structure strings attached actually. We call it, it's written, we call it, it's like a duet. It really is. It's the, we trade perspectives back and forth. Um, I can tell the story from the point of view of the outsider, of the student who sees the fearsome teacher in the front of the classroom. And she tells the story from the inside of the same story about what's happening, though, at that moment in their home life. And he just had kind of one challenge after another. I mean, he was taking care of his ill wife and the two little girls. Um, uh, you know, later in life, uh, his younger daughter, Stephanie, Melanie's sister, disappeared. Uh, he would spend seven years searching for her. He just, it was just, he had, you know, kind of one, one challenge and, and tragedy truly really, um, heaped upon him. And uh, part of the, what we wanted to convey in Strings Attached is how you can have someone who has, you know, such challenge in their own private life who is able to kind of channel that into this legacy of, of true joy 
and, and, and success for his students. How much of it had to do with music? If he had been a math teacher or, or something else, would it have been different? How much of it was the creativity and the joy and the inherent pleasure in music? That's such a great question because, you know, I think great teachers are great teachers and, and strings attached clearly is a thank you to teachers. And we hear, um, you know, it reminds people of that person in their own life regardless. I mean, for many people, it's a coach. We've heard from lots and lots of athletes and coaches. Um, and for lots of people, it's an English teacher or a math teacher or a Sunday school teacher. Um, but um, I, I think there's an added dimension with music um, simply because, you know, that was we were so fortunate to be exposed to that. And there's something that is really quite extraordinary um, about, you know, uh, about playing music and about playing it with others. And Melanie describes it beautifully, I think, in Strings Attached, talking about the experience, because she was a soloist as a child, and, and soloing was fine, but as she said, you know, it's, it's lonely. You're, you're in your room, you're alone, you're on stage, you're alone. Um, and she found herself with orchestral playing. She just talks about, you know, it's, it's that ensemble playing, that sense of, of, of connecting with other people, and it really is a bond. There's a bond between people who play music together that doesn't go away. And we saw that with Mr. K's memorial service when you've got a bunch of gray-haired, <laughs> graying <laughs> people. I mean, it, really, the age range was probably 15 to 70 in that, in that, you know, these students and former students and some colleagues who had come back. And, and there's a bond among people who play music together that just doesn't go away. It's, it's really quite extraordinary. Joanne Lippman, the book is Strings Attached, One Tough Teacher and the Gift of Great Expectations. Joanne, I thank you so much for spending time with us. Oh, thank you for having me. I enjoyed the conversation. Thank you. We'll take a break. I'll be right back. <laughs> 